and welcome back to another episode of the Busted Header Podcast. Hopefully the last episode that we record before the Pistons select Cade Cunningham. Um, <laughs> as always, I am joined by my laughing co-host, Hal Bridius, a.k.a. Hal, a.k.a. Jake. Hey, what's up? Good to be back. It's good to be back and talking about the Pistons and more good things, which is always fun to do. Which we haven't didn't really have a whole lot to do <laughs> in the past year like this, so... Every single day we can talk about it is better. So uh, this is going to be our last pod, of course, before the draft, which is next Thursday night. We are recording this the week prior. Um, we'll have another pod coming out sometime around then, probably after the draft. Um, that being said, maybe draft day reaction. Who hopefully. knows? <laughs> we'll see. Hopefully, if there's I'm nothing. Sober. <laughs> hopefully, there's no crazy reactions. So um, I guess we'll see on that. But. Uh, Without further ado, let's jump in. Alright, so before we start talking about the draft itself and kind of our opinions about a couple different things going on with the Pistons team, uh, we got some news to cover, which Jake can take it away on. Well, so the big one we saw... Was it Monday? I don't remember what day it was. But Cade was in Detroit. Uh, Cade did some workouts and some interviews and stuff. But mostly was just like getting the lay of the land. Uh, attended a Tigers game. The Tigers won 14-0 <laughs> over the Rangers, can a I, Texas team. Can I go on a quick tangent there? Which is my two favorite baseball teams, the Tigers, of course, that I grew up with, and the Nationals, who I live in D.C. and watch a lot here. They won by a combined 32-1 to 1 that day. <laughs> It was an <laughs> annihilation, but yes. That's a lot. Uh, Cade got We Want Cade chants at the uh, at the game. So, like, yeah, it's going great for Cade Cunningham right now. Dwayne was um, there too, right? Casey? Was Casey at the game that I see? I don't know that It for might be sure. a different game that I saw. I know. I think I saw Casey and Stewart both at a game, but I'm just picturing, like, Casey in, like, a, in one of the suites up there in Tiger Stu, Stadium. Stu was at a game recently. They did a they did a like Pistons thing. It was at like the a game Pistons, Lions, recently. Tigers, and Red Wings like combined thing. I guess. Yeah, I I, I think there was like a obviously you and I aren't really baseball people. No. Um, <laughs> you you are like I am completely out on the sport. You're you at least are a cursory follower, but uh, I think they were doing like a Tigers fest or something like that. I forget so, what it was called. Yeah. Um. So I think yeah I think they had some Detroit reps. So that's uh, something else that came from that. We saw Isaiah Stewart in a walking boot. Yes, that was the um, shocker. From that picture. So that's another bit of bit of news. We knew he he turned an ankle or something, but we weren't sure how serious. Um, Real quick, though. I know James Edwards says... With, go ahead. With uh, <laughs> Caden Detroit, I was just like picturing him at the Tigers game and Casey and him up in a box. And Casey's like, like Simba and like Lion King where it's like, all of this will be yours. <laughs> what's that shadowy of, place over there that's ford field we don't go there <laughs> we don't go there <laughs> that's detroit fc <laughs> be careful <laughs> oh jesus yeah. be prepared yeah be ready um, with that one so yeah um in in kind of related news uh we've got reports that jalen green's camp is only going to work him out with detroit and houston um, Which I, I found mean, obviously Detroit's going to do the due diligence. Um, you just said this a minute ago, and that surprised the heck out of me. Because like 
I can understand his camp like trying to like push him a certain way, but only putting him one or two seems pretty bold when it seems like Mobley is probably the better choice there. Nobody wants to be in Cleveland. Well, here's the thing. You can also go to Toronto <laughs> one pick after that. So just tell Cleveland to fuck to off. <laughs> the the This is the thing where, like, for you know me. I'm a big Mobley guy. I'm actually very mm-hmm. frustrated with, like, the discourse around Evan. Like, there are people who are like, I don't think Evan Mobley is, like, that athletic. And it's like, y'all are <laughs> wild. I don't know where they're seeing that just, from. <laughs> like, people, people don't understand, like, how spacing works in college games. And, I, and this is – I've tried to get this point across multiple times. Like, yes, playing in the G League was, like, harder competition for Jalen Green. Mm-hmm. But it was a way better situation to be in. Like, G League spacing – playing next to G League player, like, playing next to Jarrett Jack, nobody's helping off Jarrett Jack. Mm-hmm. Like, that dude lights it up. He's he, he he had so much more space, an open lane, a three-seconds rule. Evan Mobley didn't get to run a pick-and-roll because, like, there's no space to roll into. Like, th- yeah. there's just bigs in college, uh, especially, like, star bigs. If you're not a, a true, like, post-brute, you don't get, like, highlighted. Yeah. Like the he- way, like... I remember in the Anthony Davis draft, people were talking about, like, ah, he wasn't really that important in college. Like, he didn't really do a whole lot. And I'm like, well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, look at the team that was around him. It's kind of, I mean, it's a little bit different scenario with Mobley, who didn't obviously have a great team around him. But it's just being a big in a college game nowadays. It's just, unless you just are dominant in the post, but that still ends up like a Julio Okafor. Like it's hard to look dominant unless you just. Right. It's just, it's just like college defense. tape. If you if you're if you're trying to look for like just dominance, college tape is going to lie to you about big men. Mm-hmm. Like it, it just it's not designed to showcase NBA skills. We saw this with Isaiah Stewart, right? I was very wrong on Isaiah Stewart largely because we simply did not see, you know, what he could do in college. Mm-hmm. And part of that was the zone defense. Part of it was the clogged paint. You know, part of it was that he was defending a lot of post-ups and not as many pick-and-roll things. We didn't see it. Evan Mobley, we have seen. Yeah. (laughs) But we, like, what you don't see is Evan Mobley taking, like, a two-step and then leap to catch a lob in space in an open lane because it doesn't exist in college. Yeah. It literally never happens. So, you know. Anyway, we're off track. The point is... Real quick, though, before we get back on the track. Go ahead. <laughs> if one wheel on track, <laughs> sort of. we're, hey, we're talking about draft. We're close enough. So if the Rockets take Jalen Green, what like Mobley goes to the Cavs, right? There's no way they turn that down. But like, how does that work? Because they still have Jared Allen, who they I just would not. For. I I do not think that both the Rockets and the Cavs turn down Jalen Suggs. Really? What? You're not even. A big I, love Mobley. I love Mobley. I love Mobley. Relative to other people, still I still like Jalen Sucks. Like, let's let's make that clear. Mm-hmm. I, he's still like number yeah, you're, you're not four as high on my board. As other people, I would say. But like, the stuff you read, other people, and the thing every time I read a piece or like an interview with like a scout, you know, and they're like one of those anonymous scouting interviews. Mm-hmm. Scouts care so much about like personality and winning. It's bullshit. I don't really get it i think it's mostly because ownership groups will be convinced to take players that try that hard more than anything else like it's really easy to sell jalen suggs to somebody Mm -hmm. really easy yeah whether he's the actual best player or not like he sells himself um but just like the noise we hear 
a lot of people and, and people like Sam Vecini at the athletic who does as much draft stuff as anyone. He's got Suggs number two on his board. Yeah. Wow. You know, that's just like a lot of people feel that way. I, yeah. I don't agree. Um, I mean, I could see the case. I, but... We don't need to be that nuanced about why I don't agree, but I would be surprised if both those teams turned down because I think a lot of people are going to view him as, um, if not the the player with the skill to drag their team to stardom, then like the player with like the mentality and the personality and, um, because I think he sells that maybe harder than anyone else in the draft. Of oh just, yeah, like, 100%. I'm going to lead a team. Um, yeah. Not- so yeah, I, w- I would actually like, it would be very, uh, uh, it, it'd be kind of a predictable outcome for me to say like Cleveland actually just takes him over Mobley. I mean, because they're like, we're getting, we're getting rid of Sexton and we want this guy to be, mm-hmm. cause like Mobley, the, the thing everyone whines about is Mobley's not aggressive enough. He's not a certain, you know, like he isn't the star personality. Mm-hmm. He's going to have to grow into that a bit. And, um, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if, if it, both both of those teams, Houston and, um, Cleveland. and and Cleveland passing on him would actually kind of surprise me a little bit. And if Toronto ends up yeah. with Evan Mobley, I was just thinking who this... is perfect for them, ah, is, my eyes would be hilarious. Up. My eyes just lit up about thinking about a Fred Van Vliet, Gary Trent Jr., uh, OG Inanobi, Pascal Siakam, like, Evan Mobley team, like that is, and like he switches out with uh, Chris Boucher. Yeah, it's just like, like it, depth there. it would be wild. Oh um, God, now I want they, that. To they happen. get like it. It would be. It's one of those things where it's like very symbolic that they get the guy that Chris Bosh turned into. Mm-hmm. You know, like Chris Chris Bosh with the Heat uh, is what Evan Mobley probably should become, and. Uh, Maybe obviously just like younger and and becoming that at twenty three instead of at you know twenty nine or whatever when Chris yeah. joined the Heat and was was like grew into what he became. Yeah, I'm um, speaking that into existence. Anyways, finally back on track. <laughs> uh, so the other thing, Jeremy Grant's in the Olympics. I just feel like we should give him a shout out mm-hmm. for like being in the Olympics. That's really yep. cool. We haven't really talked about that. Uh, please actually win the games and don't get. Sick. I will say that. <laughs> less uh less losing to teams that are not good mm-hmm. um but uh yeah it's just what it's hard to process a piston being an olympian still it's like still not a thing i'm really ready to talk about <laughs> i mean we gotta be honest we're not exactly sending our a team jeremy i love jeremy he's not is but, he the, one well, of the top is... 15 best players in america right now i no but like you can make the case uh, for being on every, a team. Like, don't get me wrong. Right, but well, that's I was gonna say. Like, every team needs like, Tayshawn Prince was an Olympian, mm-hmm. and like and Prince, one. we love him. He wasn't much better than, than Jeremy Grant. Chauncey was on um, those teams uh, as well, he, right? I'm not going crazy. I remember him in a USA jersey, right? Who? Chauncey. Chauncey was on those teams. I don't remember. Keep talking. I'm, um, I'm gonna. Obviously, that. that was, um, but like Rafe LaFrance was also. Uh, an Olympian, like the, you know, there's all like the Plumleys have been Olympians. There's always like that yeah. dude who's just like you know you need role players. So Jeremy Grant is the guy they consider a high level role player worthy of being an Olympian. That's really cool. Um, yeah, you ready to talk about real draft stuff? So quickly, 
Um, he did not play. He, I believe, or would not compete for a spot in the 2008 Olympics. And he was, I believe, there in 2007 at the FEMA Games, I think. I don't know. I'm still trying to read this. Oh, but so he did, he did World Cup, maybe? I can, like, picture him. I, I don't know why. I picture him in a USA jersey, so that's, I don't know. <laughs> maybe I'm just going crazy. Maybe it's like one of those all-star jerseys that looks like a USA jersey. It, or it honestly could have been. I feel like I might have had one. <laughs> so maybe I'm just thinking of an all-star jersey. I'm, I don't know. I'm going crazy. Moving on. <laughs> All right. Uh, so some, some general draft strategy. We're not going to do as much prospect talk like we already did. as more prospect talk than I planned talking about the top four there. Yeah. Um, I want to talk more about strategy and and kind of gauging temperature going into this draft with you okay um starting with just like obviously we both expect Cade to go number one yeah and (laughs) i would be very um, upset if he doesn't (laughs) that is the boat i'm in right so with that assumption and even assuming maybe it's jalen green they kind of fill similar spaces on a roster where do you think the roster gaps are heading into next season? I mean, I think even drafting a Cade Cunningham or a Jalen Green, I think the biggest roster gap that we have at the moment is in the wing position, especially that two-guard position. Uh, right now, I don't really, like, <laughs> it's kind of hard to pin down who on the roster at the moment is going to be a starting shooting guard. Like, if you just took this team and, like, put them on a the floor, like, I guess it would be Josh Jackson or Sadiq Bay. Like, one of those two would probably get shoehorned into the two position. Beyond that, on the roster at the moment, we only have Rodney Magruder, who I don't want him starting, and I hope that he gets <laughs> waived because I believe he is, I believe he has a non-guaranteed salary. Um, now, that is excusing, of course, Czech Diallo, who... Czech Diallo. Hamadou Diallo. Hamadou. <laughs> I had, Hamadou. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't write that name down. I was <laughs> trying to pull it off the top of my head and went for the wrong one. Uh, but anyways, Hamadou is probably going to be, like, of the people who the Pistons still have rights to, Hamadou is easily going to be that person who would fit in that role. But even with Hamadou, I'm not not exactly overjoyed to have him be that starting uh, two-guard. But if you look kind of in our other positions, like point guard, we have Killian, and at the moment, Corey Joseph. Who, who knows where that's going to be? That's a whole separate thing. But I think regardless of how, you know, the draft and free agency shakes out, the Pistons will still sign like a veteran point guard or keep Kojo to kind of play that backup point guard minutes and kind of be a, kind of a someone to steer the ship when, you know, Killian is not having his best nights. Um, right. So here's something to consider there, and it's one of the things I have on the list, the financial impact of getting the number one pick. Yeah, that's true. Is pretty much directly offset by waving Corey Joseph. <laughs> So makes it sound a lot worse. It's it's just like he's, uh, you know, Cade is like an eight million dollar contract now or Mm -hmm. something like that. You know, it's it's a pretty hefty chunk of change to have the first round pick. Yeah. Um. So if the Pistons identify a free agent, they like ten million actually. So it it might be more. Yeah. Kojo, I think, is ten million. I think Kojo is is 12 with 2 million guaranteed, I believe, or something. Correct. I believe that, I believe that's the rough numbers. Yep. Um, so it's, it, I think it depends if I think they like Corey Joseph, Mm -hmm. right? I think if, uh, if Dwayne Casey had his druthers, Corey Joseph would be back in 
Detroit. I think yeah. he kind of trusts him. It's a it's a voice they like in the locker room. I know Killian Hayes has said good things about him, mm-hmm. um, and you know their their relationship. Um, but if there's a free agent, I think you know come August, whatever when free agency tips off. I have no idea what the start of free agency date is this year. I think it's, it's always August July fourth. First, maybe I don't. Know. I'm going crazy. This year is this year is a mess. I, like I have like August first. My, my brain head. right now is 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 completely locked in after draft summer league, and that's all it cares about. And like I think free agency and summer league are going to be happening at like the same time. Probably, honestly. It and is, I don't know how to process oh, that. I'm wrong. It is August second at six p.m. Okay. Um. So I think I think we will know pretty quickly August second what Corey Joseph's status is. I doubt we yeah. learn it today unless he gets traded. Um. Or I doubt we learn it on Thursday, rather, <laughs> in the unless next he week. gets traded. Um, but it's it's something to think about where it's just like he is unfortunately positioned to pocket that well, Cade salary. Here's the thing. In the books. I'm going to tell you even one better. We're gonna, <laughs> I think we're going to know what Kojo is before August 1st, cause, before August 1st, because that's when his guarantee is. The additional his, con- <laughs> his, his contract becomes fully guaranteed on August first. So, I, if I'm the Pistons, I'm either. I wonder if that's like, can you get a like a stay of execution? Like, I'm sure that date right is written into the yeah, contract. It's a like contract. August first is normally a month after free agency. I believe all the it's contract, like, all the all the options got essentially moved. Like Did with they? it, okay. So it was yeah. always it was always locked in right before free agency. You think? Yeah, it was always going to be the day before free agency. I believe. I, if I remember okay. correctly, they moved everything over to, you know, accommodate this change in schedule. Um, that being said, I just don't see a way the Pistons, like, don't waive Corey Joseph. Now, I could also see a world where the Pistons waive Corey Joseph or release him. I don't know what the actual like mechanics are to that, and try and That's re-sign him later. It, but does it go through like a waiver process where the, every other team can pick him up uh, and does it take I two days? I don't know how that works because it's non-guaranteed. Right, yeah, I don't know. So I don't know what the specifics are on that, but I could definitely see the Pistons like talking to Kojo and his agent saying, hey, we're going to waive you, but we're going to sign you on a three-year, like, I don't know, $18 million deal or some some smaller deal so that they get him off that you know $12.6 million salary, give him the guaranteed money, and then come back and sign him for a, a longer deal with less money or something like that to kind of even it out. I mean, you see that all the time with different players. So that would be, if we have Kojo on the roster, that would be how I would expect it to go. And this Pistons you know, front office seems like they want to do um, some kind of somersaults and stuff to get through loopholes in the free agency kind of stuff as it is. So I would not be surprised if they They're kind of go that route. They're not to try it, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> They've they've had some fun, especially the last year. So that would be my I still think first off, I think he's traded. I think he does get traded and then promptly released by whatever team trades for him. Um But after that I would not I wouldn't be incredibly shocked if the Pistons try and you know re sign him back. You'd you'd expect that to happen draft night then if that Yeah. Exactly. That'd, yeah. That'd be a draft night thing because I believe you gotta do it before the end of the Whatever the heck, I don't know. <laughs> this year, it's like they squeeze right, it like all a, together. The season's like fiscal season or something. Exactly. Over, right. So you gotta, you gotta do it right before that. You would need to do it before right. that and have the other team wave him and then da 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 da. Yeah. Right. 
So you're saying to go back to the original question, roster gaps. Yes. You're saying two guard is gap for you. Yes. Oh, uh, where else? What else do you see? Honestly, I mean, it's, anything. it's mainly just the wings. If you look at, I mean, center, I think we're pretty locked down. We have Plumley, we have Stu, we have Ja as your break glass emergency third center, who just honestly is just a roster spot at this point. And like, it's not really going to matter too much. Cut him, keep him there. I don't think he's going to play too much. You also have Jeremy Grant, who can play the five in a stretch. You have Seku, who can play some five. Um, so I think we're well-staffed at the five. At the four, of course, Jeremy Grant's your best player. We don't like we don't necessarily need a four. We have Seku or Tyler Cook, for my guess is for backups. I don't know if you agree or disagree with that, but like those are the other two that I would see filling in minutes there. And they're Seku both... at the four, um, uh, Dave at the four. Right, you'd, you'd hope you're getting some Dave minutes. I, mean, I, I like I Dave, Dave, and I, <laughs> I want to like if, the idea if of he's, Dave. <laughs> if he's playing, he is a four. He's defending fours. He is a four. You're six. You're like six nine. You've got that body type. You're not defending twos and threes. You're not defending centers. You are a four. I chalked him in as oh. a three, but regardless, I feel like I, don't, I feel like we're well stocked to the four to answer your question. But either, um, either way, we got we got plenty of fours. At the three, like Sadiq is our starter. I think I'd be shocked if he Maybe. wasn't the starter. Really? Who would you elaborate on that one? I, is Cage your nominal three? <laughs> Possibly, but I feel like somewhere in that one, lineup, one, Sadiq one is of Cage, Sadiq, and Josh Jackson is playing the two and the three. Yes. Assuming Josh is still on the team, I think he's also a prime trade candidate. He but, could be. Yeah, I think you agree, but yeah. Um, We've talked about that in the past, I think. But I think, I think you know, Josh the, should be a trade. Two, two of those three are starting. I think Josh is probably better off the bench. Yeah, 100%. Uh, and Sadiq definitely fits better. But Josh's seniority might give him a nod to, to start the season anyway. I think Until the way goes, like I think the way Sadiq played last year from three like too many years in a row. Like I could see Jackson starting over Cade if Dwayne is like hard set on like having Cade earn it and Josh come off the bench, but. I think Sadiq has earned a spot as a starter, and I would be, I'd be shocked if he's not starting. I would be very surprised if he's not starting either at the two or the three next year. So, but okay. I think regardless between Josh Jackson and Sadiq, like they're both nominal probably threes, depending on how you want to play it. I would say three is probably, I don't know. I would say probably the second three and point guard are pretty similar in need to me. It depends on how you want to play Josh Jackson. See him more as a two or a three. I personally see him more as a three, but I think with the lineup we currently have, I could. He's kind of stuck in my two slot. So. Yeah, so I'm not really worried about any of the guards or wings, to be honest with you. Like I think Cade. That's true. I mean, flexes into it it's like so much. Like. Uh, I was doing one, this exercise there, there, not if, thinking about Cade, so I'm, right, I'm leaving right. that part out. Right, and and so like Corey Joseph. Um, and even even if it's if it's green, right? We we're pretty sure it's Cade or Green. Yeah. would be the pick. I would be like, shocked if it's not ninety one of those ten, two. Cade and ten Green. But um, it's it sounds like it's those two are like the prime candidates. They're both guys that would play in the two or the three spot for the most part. Like Cade is nominally going to play the point at sometimes, but mm-hmm. he'll still defend two to three. Um, you know, point like you said, if Corey Joseph leaves, you'll have to find a replacement. Yeah. To I will me, say actually the whole. I will say if Kojo leaves, then Point is probably second on my list. But well, and like teams. it also depends if uh, is Hami coming back, right? Is Frank Jackson coming back? We have to think about that. They're both 
yeah, uh, not under contract. So, um, you know, if they both come back, your shooting guard is pretty locked up, I think. That rotation is pretty full. It is, but I'm not feeling um, now, too does great it, about does it. Does it have – well, right. Does it have your, like, A1 star there, especially if you don't have Jalen Green? No, it doesn't. Am I also comfortable – playing Sadiq Bey at the two, though? Or, like, Cade at the two? And, you know, we talked about this, like, Cade and Sadiq at the two or three? Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, I would expect, you know, like... If it was if Hani, they were both Josh in a Jackson. lineup, if it was Sadiq and Cade starting, I would picture Cade as more of that nominal two guard, whereas Sadiq would be probably still in the three. They might defend maybe opposite positions, but I think you would want Cade as, like, the second ball handler. O- offensively, it's it's... Irrelevant, right? It's one guy fills the left wing, one guy fills the right wing. You have a nominal point at the at the top of the the arc. Like it depends on how you run um, the place. Uh, I defensively, mean, I think if it's going to be the you, second, like you want a second ball handler. Ma- it, right. Yeah. D- defensively, <laughs> it's matchup dependent, right? You have um, you you Cade is longer, right? Yes. And actually, mm-hmm. we think of Sadiq as being like really like built. You know, like he's he's a thick dude. Mm-hmm. But like Cade's still a strong guy. Like he's he's got a bigger body than you think and a stronger core than you think. So, I think if there's a like a bully ball uh, wing there, like I think you might put Sadiq on there just because he's a little stouter. But I suspect Cade will be the guy providing more length around the rim, etc. Yeah. Um. You know. So. I I'm not that worried about the wing, especially if Hami and Frank come back or at least one of them. I think actually my hole that I'm looking to fill is at center. Really? You said that was locked down. I mean, I don't. You know, you know me. I like the idea of Seiko at the five. I don't think they see him there at all. No. We got like twelve minutes of it last year when there was a lot of opportunities. Jaleel Okafor is not not the answer. Oh, he shouldn't play. <laughs> he's um, just ever. a he's a warm up jersey at this point. You know, Cook. I don't see coming back. There's just no spot for him whatsoever. Yeah, that's the thing I'm still kind of surprised about. He's still got a non guaranteed contract. I forget when the actual date is um, on that, and I'll look it up, but. Yeah, he is. I think they'll wait till the like draft to out. confirm it. But um, it fully, yeah, I don't it fully guarantees on August eighth. So that is after the beginning. They can of free wait. Agency. Yeah, they can wait through free agency. But like, there's no roster spot for him. There just isn't. Yeah, no. Um, not into, not with the lineup they have right now. So so at that point, you're looking at Isaiah Stewart and Mason Plumley, and that's a good one too. But I think the hole is. What happens when Mason Plumley's gone? I don't expect Mason Plumley to finish out his contract here. To be honest with you, like I'm not saying they're trying to get rid of him, but like he, it's just a very obvious thing that like a contender will want him, right? Like it's I think it's very plausible that like the Brooklyn Nets would be like, yes, we'll take a Mason Plumley, you know, even on the money he makes, if we can make the money work, we'll take a Mason Plumley just to fill a need, mm-hmm. that kind of thing, you know, maybe maybe not this year, but like next year on the expiring end of his contract. So it's like okay, something I'm looking for is like, can we get the rim runner, the 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 bouncy center, either in the draft or in free agency to kind of like come in behind those guys? Yeah, and I think that that and the rotational point guard are probably the two holes I see. Yeah, I, I mean, in terms of the center, it really depends on if they waive Jaw's contract. If they keep Jaw on for this year and he takes up that roster spot, then I don't think. I don't think center is even thought about in this free agency. They just have. But I think I think you need a plan for that position. Yeah, and I mean that, it all depends on what the Pistons want to do and how they want to go about it. If they if they decide, you know what, Jaw's not worth the roster spot, we're going to wave and just 
I don't know if they're going to withstretch this contract or just eat it for the one year. I hope they just eat it for the year yeah, and just go that. out and sign like a like a center to play. Then, then yeah, I think that would be not necessarily important, but something that I could see them doing. But it all depends on how they what they want to do with Jaw's contract because you can't have Jaw Stewart and Plumley and then go after another center. That's just it's a logjam. <laughs> we'll be the kings. Well. So, so one of the reasons I ask is because you've got three second-round picks, yeah. right? So we have to either, like, we don't have roster space for that many people, especially if you re-sign Frank, Hami, both. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're looking at guys for two ways. You're looking at guys for the G League. You're looking at guys for draft and stash stuff. How yeah. do you feel about draft and stashing with those picks? So I'm never opposed to the draft and staff, but draft and stash. I don't know where I was going with that. <laughs> um, but that being said, with kind of the later second round pick draft and stashes, it feels like they're just kind of, I have to use this pick on someone. And I don't want to get somebody who's going to play in the U.S. I want to have them go play internationally, and maybe they, maybe it's a lottery ticket. Maybe they'll turn out. Those draft and stashes, I kind of like more with like the, the late first round or even like, mid late i guess like early 20s early to late 20 early to mid 20s um that's kind of more more what i want uh draft and stash but i would personally see more is the pistons have done this in the past which is use multiple second round picks to move up in the second round to get someone you like so if the pistons you know like someone at the you know like they go past the first round and there's someone that they really want at the beginning of the second round like use the 37 in the 52 and try and see if you can move up like four or five spots and like go and get that right. person you want then. That's what I prefer more over a we have three picks, we have to use these three picks. Let's just draft and stash. Or if there's someone who like really wants that forty second pick, like there's someone who's like locked in on a player there, like try and see if you can get multiple first or second round picks in later years of that. So you have more assets in the future. Like I think Well and honestly I think the trading up wise like three second rounders is enough to get back into the first round oh yeah in the late 20s if you want like you can definitely talk to a milwaukee and be like hey we know you don't want a guaranteed contract on your books right now you know uh we'll take that 27th pick or whatever they have Mm -hmm. and um you know you can have two or three of these guys (laughs) um i i i am like absolutely use them to get your guy right that's Mm -hmm. if you have a guy you know like i'm a big jt thor fan i have no idea where he's gonna go if it says getting to like 25 27 30 and he's on the board like yes i'm i'm looking for ways to get that pick select selected as soon as possible um i like the idea of draft and stashing a big man yeah like that to me is is like the ideal like the euro prospects are quite often big men yeah, more uh, often not. There's some like. guys like uh, Vrens. I'm gonna massacre this name, and I want to look it up because it's it's bad. It's it's really no no no. Let one me... of the nastiest ones. Oh, Vrens Bleisenberg. Yes, <laughs> I feel like that was pretty it's, good. It's a, <laughs> I'm proud of myself. It's for that uh, and I honestly don't know how right or wrong that is, but like. Vrenz is one of those guys That's where he he's like a, a, a playmaker at 6'11 who shoots threes and does all this fun offensive stuff and is kind of funky athletic and like 6'11? Holy Jesus. 
Yeah, he's 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 a and like six eleven, mind you, and he's got five assists per thirty six. Yeah, like this is this is a really fun offensive prospect who's just really raw. He's listed as a, a small forward and shooting guard on Tankathon, yeah. which is is hilarious. It's so funny like, to see. Right, what happens if he puts on another twenty five pounds of muscle over the next year or two, and we bring him to the U.S. and he becomes uh, Sabonis or so, you know like. Stuff like that, like that's the kind of thing I wouldn't mind taking with the forty whatever or the fifty whatever pick you have. Mm-hmm. I, I can't forty seven, fifty two, something like that. Um, yeah, probably the forty two or fifty, forty two and fifty two are our two picks at the moment. Forty two, fifty two, thirty seven, forty two, fifty. So like, that would make a lot of sense to me. Like, right now, Tankathon, for example, is like Philippe Petrusev and Mega Baymax at forty two makes sense to me. Like, mm-hmm. just getting one of those guys and then seeing if you can maybe consolidate the other two to go get someone you really like. Exactly. Um, I'm I'm pretty happy with that. Also, like, if you get to fifty two, maybe you just trade back and see if you can get forty five next year. You know. Exactly. You, or you're just, just anything you just that we can grab. Kick the can down the road a little bit. <laughs> um. Last question that I have on the list. Mm-hmm. Is there anything that gets you no. trading out of number one? <laughs> I knew it was if, coming. If OKC offers you the bag. No. Especially OKC. <laughs> if Houston offers you something crazy. Only if, I re- only if I'm really in love with Jalen Green. Houston's the only one that I would entertain, and that's if I really don't care what the option is. And I think Jalen Green has just as good of a chance as Cade Cunningham. What do they have to? What would Houston have to add to make you like say yes, though? It's not players. I remember I saw the report a couple days ago about because like it's like okay they have uh, Kevin Porter Jr. and it's just like you know what I don't need that. Uh, I don't need that drama. And Christian Wood, um, right? Yes. Okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we're not doing that, that again. <laughs> that just seems like it's not ideal. So um, it's not happening for the Pistons. I'm I love Christian you, Wood, but it, they're not doing right. it. That's clear. As day. So it's just like you don't have anything I want. So, I mean, they do have our pick technically. <laughs> Removing that or getting the protections, I don't know what you would do. That would have to be involved, and they have. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like, number it's it's the number two. We get our pick back unprotected, and then. Something else that's like a significant thing that's going to be at least a lottery pick to even talk about it. Yeah, it it would it would be. They would I have don't to know give if they us have that that thing. The number two plus another one of their picks at least trade off the protection of this one and God knows what else. But I like I've heard people. Do they have their own picks? I think so. Yeah, maybe I don't know. Yeah. Uh. Uh. uh da, 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 da. I think. Uh. Um, I have no idea. I'm gonna be honest. I've never quite I'm figured out tank trade machine picks. right now. <laughs> picks. Um, they have theirs this year. 2022. They have their own. So like, yeah, you're giving us our pick back, and you're giving us 2022 pick. Yeah. Like maybe top one protected. I don't. The thing is, I don't see Houston going no, that all in on Cade. Like I feel like if Espe- they were like three or four, maybe after even the not. PR sell they've done on Jalen Green. Yeah. Like. The push they've done for Jalen Green is ridiculous. So, yeah, I don't see it. So, can we stop talking about trade yeah. trading the number one pick? Let's, let's it's, it was really that. funny to me. So, like, um, James Edwards uh, was one of the 
early guys to be like, the Pistons do really like Jalen Green. Mm-hmm. And I know Sam Vecini was like, I know the Pistons really like Jalen Green. And it's like, yeah, of course they do. He's really good. Uh, and then now, both of them and a bunch of other people who reported the same thing are now like, guys, we reported this, but, like, it's Cade. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, calm down. It's, it's time to cut the bullshit. Like, we had to report it, but it's now time to just be like, it's Cade. It's Cade. It's yeah. Cade. <laughs> It's Cade. It's also Cade. Uh, how uh, was it? Hollinger who came out and was like, "All my sources are telling me, ha ha ha, it's Cade." Like, <laughs> yeah, um, I think I saw that. <laughs> or um, Seth Davis, I think it was. Maybe I did like a poll of scouts or something, and uh, for, he's another athletic writer, mm-hmm. and he did a bunch of like anonymous scouting polls, and he was like, "And by the way, all of them were like." It's Cade. Yeah. None of them thought anything other than Cade. So guess what? We got Cade. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like it's over. It's Cade. It's Cade's going number one, and he's going to be a piston. And if it's not, I might have a poster I need to return or something. <laughs> Let's say I'm already celebrating. <laughs> what, what? 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 What did you buy? <laughs> I am designing at the moment a poster of Cade Cunningham as a piston. That's <laughs> all I'm going to say on that. And I may purchase I... it before the draft, which. I need to. Uh, I I'm need just. To, my thing is, I don't want to. I don't want to go against karma and have because if it doesn't happen, then I'd blame it on myself. So no, I don't no, think I'll press it before. That's bad but. juju. It's bad juju. Uh, I need to go online now and get my my Killian Hayes jersey from this year because I forgot to grab one, and then I need to go get a, like the money put aside for the Cade jersey next year, whichever one we have that actually looks halfway decent. Yeah, <laughs> we'll see. I think the Killian one. I'll get. The, I'll get the red one with the blue stripes because I like that one. <sighs> you decently. <laughs> You are still big on that. I like it. Still, eh. I like it more than I like all of the other jerseys. That's true. All the other ones are boring as heck. It's a low bar. <laughs> I, I already have a. Uh, I have a Stanley Johnson, one of the home whites, and a Chauncey Billup, one of the home or the away blues. So like, I have two jerseys. I, I need. I don't. I'm not a big basketball jersey guy, but like, I'll get the Killian one in the red, and then hopefully Cade gets a special one this year. We haven't really seen the jersey announcements, but yeah. I have way oh. too many Andre Drummond jerseys than I care to admit, but I also have a Reggie Jackson jersey, <laughs> and I'm happy about that one. And anyone who doesn't like that can suck it. All that matters is I have this yeah, I, 2006 Highbury maroon Arsenal kit on. That's have you that taken matters. that jersey off since you've gotten it? Every time I see you, you're wearing it. Um, I've worn it like six times in like two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 both the comfiest jersey I have, and it's still like a Chinese knockoff. Don't lie, but uh, it's very comfy. It's got like venting on it. I love it, but <laughs> also it's Thierry Henry's 2006 Highbury jersey, and it's glorious. I'm kind of surprised they have vents in a Chinese knockoff. I'm impressed. This one, this one's actually like a really well constructed thing. The the screen printing's done really nice. It, this one isn't going to peel right away like some of the other ones. It does I'm look happy. good. Very happy. Um. All right. Is there anything else you want to say before we get absolutely toasted and just, like, off our rockers on draft night? Be ready for our new era in Pistons <laughs> basketball. <laughs> that's that's about it. And I'm excited to see what they do with the second round. You know, you know the sad thing, right? There won't be $12 tickets to see Cade Cunningham. <laughs> there, were $12, there were $12 tickets to see Blake Griffin. I'm not quite but... ready to say that. <laughs> oh, no. It, Fan it'll... engagement this year? Oh, over last year, like the amount of people like commenting on articles is like triple okay, what it okay. was, and that was without Cade Cunningham. Yeah, like Blake Griffin taking us to the playoffs was still like nothing, and just like Killian Hayes, Isaiah Stewart, and Sadiq Bay would have like 
filled the arena for some of the big games. Yeah. Cade Cunningham plus Whoa. all those guys is is like I'm not gonna be like, oh, we're selling out the, the Pizza Palace every night. But like <laughs> I, I expect the Pizza Palace. <laughs> I expect like fourteen thousand fans on a regular basis. I don't like, know what the stadium is listed at capacity wise, so I have no idea I think, what the context is. I think this one's that. eighteen. The palace was twenty one. None of the palace was huge. I think, I think I think this one's like eighteen. So like seventy five percent capacity on a regular basis, unless we're playing like the Rockets. I mean, I, know, like, I go to Wizards games, and they're always like surprisingly full. So I guess I shouldn't be surprised. Like I always expect the Wizards to have like a kind of empty area because no one in DC cares about them, but they always still pull a decent they, crowd. So I would not be. Sh- if the Pistons can maintain that, I wouldn't say I'd be shocked, but it is something that is a long time coming. And like we know, it's not like it's not like Detroit won't support their team. Oh yeah, right? no, they <laughs> like, drove to fucking Auburn Hills for it for years. Pack in like sixty thousand people. The Tigers the, are awful. The that, was they're still filled. selling tickets. Like <laughs> so, you know, all they have to do is be like, "We got Cade," mm-hmm. and you're, you know, the the secondary market's going to be. Uh, a lot stingier this year than it was last year. Let's just say that. Hopefully, well, Pistons... it was two years ago. <laughs> the secondary market last year was empty. <laughs> there was NA not existent. <laughs> yeah, let's let's hope we still get the uh, the all the deals we got uh, from the the Pistons Twitter uh, reps that I saw the last couple of years because that was very enjoyable. I was I never got Sorry, a chance to go. That? I, I can't hear you over the sound of Parks putting in our chat. Sorry if you hear me yell, fellas. I slammed my elbow on the doorway. <laughs> I, I did hear that, and the mic, I think, did pick it up, so everyone else probably gets to hear it as well. <laughs> I didn't hear it now, but I love that. Shout out to Parks. <laughs> but what was, where was, where was the point I was going? Oh, the Pistons, I don't the Pistons know. Twitter reps doing a good job of giving out giveaways. I saw it on Reddit back in the day. I've seen, I've seen them all over, not giveaways, but like deals, so... Hopefully they can keep up that and kind of... Yeah, we'll see. One of the, I know one of the, the Pistons guys who used to do it all the time, and I can't remember... Or uh, the Pistons Reddit guys. Mm-hmm. I can't remember his username. Uh, was, like, worked in the front office. Yeah. Um, and I know there was a couple of guys that I used to, to talk to on Twitter on a regular basis that were that were in the ticket sales area. Mm-hmm. Um, I think both of them have since moved on. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also, like, the PR team has changed yeah. so i don't know if the pr strategy is the same you know they that was all done basically at the palace um and uh they ended the pistons sixth thing that they were doing where they were giving like uh free tickets to certain community members to to go to games mm-hmm. so we'll see what uh which i, I think that's what that looks like that's a little much but just having deals for just the general public which was something i always remember seeing and i always I, I, don't know. I know they were always trying to get was, people in there, but still, it's a nice gesture. I thought it would have been really cool for them to be, you know, bringing people in that were going to be passionate and uh, that were going to obviously, like, represent on Twitter and promote your brand and giving, like, three dudes free tickets every game is, like, it costs you nothing, yeah. you know, as a team. And, like, it engenders a lot of goodwill. Mm-hmm. So uh, I thought that would have been pretty interesting, but... Say lovey, that's uh, yeah, that's dead now. So we'll have to see what they do. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, uh, James Edwards dropped like a little nugget in the latest Bun and Cardigan show where he was just like, uh, they uh, are kind of pretty clearly looking at a rebrand. Like I don't know if you noticed, but when they yeah. released the, uh, um, they did release the graphic of the the new 
uh, bar area mm-hmm. in uh, the Pizza Palace. Yep, and right the floor was the different color. So, like, uh, it was blue instead of red and stuff like that. So, like, we might be seeing some branding changes, which would also be, like, a very welcome boost <laughs> to uh, fan engagement because... Yeah, Pistons branding is ass. It's it's been, been the same. Yeah, it's been the same branding forever, and it really has never been that great. The Pistons had success, you know, when they did it, you know, in the eighties, nineties, and they, when they, they brought it back. The, but the oh. logo, like two years ago, back to the eighties logo, and made it worse, which was just infuriating. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. So <laughs> we'll see. All right, 44, 45 minutes. I think that's plenty. Yep, that sounds we'll enough. We'll see you guys back next week. week. From right now, we're recording on a Thursday at like 7 p.m., 6 p.m., so uh, this time next week, two beers in? <laughs> at least, minimum. I'm going to be a nervous wreck. <laughs> it, yeah, I, I don't know how I'm going to handle myself. We'll see you then. Bye, everybody. See ya. Today's music was made by Blank and Kit. You can find a link to their music in the description.